Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's only $50, but that $50 can be $5,000. That $50 can turn into $50,000 to $100,000 where you're using somebody else's money and then you provide the goods or services then you pay it back with the money that you've made and you're not using your money. And this is how you grow and become wealthy, where you have that mindset of leveraging, they call it credit. The riches of the rich do it. Like the Elon Musk, the guy that owns Tesla, he kind of leverages his stock positions to obtain, to buy things. When you hear a lot of these billionaires buying, acquiring things for $36, $26 billion, a lot of times they're leveraging credit to do that. And as long as they're meeting certain obligations as far as the payments and so forth, you're able to proceed with the transaction. So you have to get into the mindset of, you know, using your own money is, is, is a way of, is not the way to do it. It's just leveraging credit, understanding, and, no, and the way to get into the game. And unfortunately, this is why we like, Jeff and I like to teach this program before you really start getting deep into credit. Because a lot of us in our community mess up their credit because they just don't know how to, they didn't know how to be responsible with it. And by the time they realize how important credit is, they already have bad credit. And this is why I'd rather teach the youth versus teaching older people because a lot of people come to me and is like, help me fix my credit. I, we take a position where we're going to help you manage your credit, understand your credit so that by the time you reach at a certain age where you're looking to get a mortgage, you have excellent credit. So you're going to get an excellent rate, excellent terms. Um, so typically there are two forms of credit, okay? As much as you understand, there are two forms. It's loans and credit cards. So what Rachel mentioned earlier, as far as a mortgage, that's just a fancy word for loan for a property. Uh, and credit cards are something that, you know, you all should are, hopefully are familiar with where it comes in a card format. You have different limits depending on um, your credit, depending on a number of factors where you can have a credit card limit for $500 or you can have a credit card limit that there is no limit on it. Um, and these usually you pay them back within 30 days. If not, you accrue interest. Um, so within the type of credit loans and credit cards, there's revolving installment base. So revolving means that the balance is continuing to change, meaning that, okay, this month I had my credit card and I bought, you know, I bought some goods for my business. I put, I bought a, a pair of shoes and the balance on the card is a thousand dollars. But next month I didn't buy too much. I maybe went out and eat with my friends and then I bought some more business stuff. And maybe my balance is only $500. So the balance is always changing. Therefore, it's called revolving. Installment is like a pre-fixed amount, meaning that you got a car loan. And your car loan, you negotiate, you're paying $500 a month as your car loan payment. And it's fixed at that amount for the length of the loan. So simple terms, remember this, two forms of loans, two types of loans, uh, credit cards and loans. And then, then the loans can be within two categories within themselves, which is revolving or installment based. Is everybody with me or is anybody confused? So I can need to clarify a little better. Are you all with me? Yes. Okay. This is important stuff. This is the foundation. Okay. 
So I mentioned before, wealth mindset. Does everybody understand where I'm going with it? Using other people's money to work for you. Because if you have $10 and you're only going to use the money that you have, your reach, your, your investment potential is only $10. But if that $10 can obtain credit for you, or you have a credit card that has a $1,000 limit, now instead of the $10 you have, you actually have a 1000 plus $10 reach worth of credit. Some people like to argue they'd rather have more access to credit than money in the bank. And it's an argument that you can go back and forth with because once you have access to credit, you can do a lot of things with it. Like, for example, a lot of people that buy homes, like Rachel said, it's, it's like what you call a positive, it can be more or less a positive asset that you can tap into. You can tap into the value of your home and what they call a home equity line of credit, where it basically means you can would continue to have, you can have access to money based on the value of your home. And some people use that to do repairs with their home. Some people use that to acquire other property. You know, once we get a little bit more into real estate, you know, you'll realize if you play the game right, you really only have to buy one property to obtain 10 properties because you can use the equity that you've made from that one property, continue to roll over and buy multiple properties. When you see a lot of people that have a lot of real estate, a lot of times they're just using money that they've made or the value of the property going up and using that, that, that value, that money that they've earned from the property to put into other investments. Um, how much do you borrow depends on your ability to pay back or we, or we call credit history. So everybody, like a gentleman said in last week's call, like, I want to be like Mr. 850. Well, to become Mr. 850, it, it means it, you have to establish a certain length of history, meaning that if I borrowed $10 from Dwayne and then I went and asked Rachel for $20, but Rachel spoke to Dwayne and Dwayne said, man, I borrowed, Sean borrowed $10 from me and he never paid me back. He didn't even act like it existed anymore. He never talked about it. You know, he knew I needed the $10 back and he never brought it back up. What is my credit history going to be like? Can anybody answer? It would be bad. It would be bad. And if Dwayne, if Rachel comes and asks Dwayne, what do you think? Should I lend him the money? What is Dwayne going to say? If Rachel comes and says, should I lend Sean $20? What is Dwayne going to most likely tell Rachel to do? Based on my ability to pay back, what is, what is, if Rachel asks Dwayne, hey, should I now lend Sean $20 now that you told me you, he lent you, you lent him 10 and he never paid you back? What is Dwayne going to say? Don't trustworthy. Don't, he's not trustworthy. Don't do it. Are you nuts? And that's the same thing when it comes to credit history. Some people think like, oh, you know, because I missed a few payments, it's okay. But they're looking at it in the same way I'm just explaining to you, like your ability to pay back. If you pay your bill, the most important thing you can do to have good credit and to, and to go and to get a, an 850 credit score is to pay on time. No excuses. I have a guy at my gym. He was fortunate enough where his dad left him with nine buildings. And he was telling me how the buildings are in a mess. The banks are running him down and they're trying to take back the buildings. And when you, when you found out, he was just like, his reason was he missed a few mortgage payments because he caught COVID. Now, I, I said, were you hospitalized? He said, no, but he was dealing with COVID. Now, the bank doesn't care, unfortunately, that you caught COVID. The bank wants their money. They're not going to say on your credit report, oh, keep him with a high credit score or don't foreclose on his building because he caught COVID. They're still going to come after you. You have to be responsible when it comes to credit. That's the thing where you're going to be on the losing side of the fence if you do not take your credit very responsible and keep it very close to you as far as even signing things for people on your behalf, lending your credit out. Those are things you have to be very, very mindful of. Um, so the most important thing is your ability to pay back. Um, true or false? Is paying with credit like borrowing money? Yes or no? True. Okay. How so? It's like borrowing money because credit is basically just you saying, okay, I'm going to give you the money back in a later time and not in the moment. So it's just borrowed money in a sense. Right. Is it free money? 
No, it's not free money because at the end of the day, your credit score will get low even if you don't give that money back. So even if you think you're cheating them out of the, like what you're getting, it's like cheating yourself at the end of the day because your credit will be low. What if people say, hey, man, max that card out and then, you know what, just don't pay it. Oh, that's, <laughs> um, it's not good anyways because that, that card name is still linked to you. So it's just going to always follow you around regardless or not if you use the card or not. Right. It'll, it'll affect your ability. And I've seen people in college, when I was in college, people get these credit cards on campus and they're not responsible. They max them out and they don't pay them back. And then when they get to my age, they're, they're, they're hurt by bad decision-making in their twenties. So because the credit card company, if you don't get a credit card and you max out and decide to pay not to pay it back, you're not going to jail. You're not going to be arrested. They're going to do what they call a bad debt write-off. They're going to write you off and say, okay, XYZ never paid us back. We'll write it off as bad debt. They'll, they'll keep moving on for it, but you will be forever. Um, that will follow you around. And you may think, well, I'm never going to get a credit card. But guess what? Certain jobs, look at your credit report. Guess what? You know, certain things that you apply for. If you want to apply to, to get student loans, you may, be, you may not be qualified. If you want to get, when you get your first apartment and you want to get the store credit card to purchase your furniture, you may not qualify. All these things will come back haunt you you know i bought a property a couple weeks ago from a gentleman and in his credit report they had that he had um he had liens he had things outstanding and the banks were not going to let him sell this until he cleared off those liens so you have to be very mindful of these things um knowing that they're just being irresponsible is is going to catch up with you Um, let's go to the next slide. Okay, let's do some. Oh, 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 echoing. Let's do some. Oh, you want to you want to go back, Rachel, please. There you go. Okay, right there. Um, credit card versus debit card. Can anybody tell me the difference between a credit card and a debit card? A credit card is basically like money that you're like, like what we just went over and a debit card is like money that you put on a card and you're basically using the money that you have that's on the card. Who is this young lady? What's your name? That's My name is Sarah. Great answer, Sarah. Yeah, so, Sarah, you are on top of it. Thank some you. people confuse credit. And, you know, I understand your generation because in my time, we had like a bank book and we had a general ledger type thing. And, you know, and these are things that actually um, Rachel and Trey pointed out to me, the things I was not aware of. Like there is a debit card and credit cards. They look the same way in your wallet. You would never know the difference, except one says debit and one says credit. And I never assumed that everybody knew the difference, but I think if I was in your generation, I may not know the difference. And so, like Sarah was just saying, a debit card is linked directly to your bank account. The money comes out immediately, while a credit card is, in most, case, in most cases, a 30-day interest-free loan. So you have to understand that they are not the same. They don't work in the same way. Some of them offer the same kind of rewards and points, which we'll talk about later, but they're very different in nature. Does anybody have any specific questions? This is important stuff of just general questions about a debit card or credit card before I move forward. I think Shahadi pointed out before, like how you have to make sure you're paying it down. <clears throat> you know, people think it's free money and it's not free money. It's in the chat somewhere. Right. Yeah. And their debit card is your own money on a card, credit card is money on the card, you must pay back. So is it better to use a debit card or a credit card? Who can help me? Who can answer that? How many people say it's better to use a debit card? Say debit. <coughs> I'll say debit. Debit, we got debit. Depends, Akeem, debit. How many people think it's better to use a credit card? Credit, if you want to build credit, is one of the answers. Well, those that say debit, I'm going, to say, I'm going to give you my explanation <clears throat> and back to what we were say, saying earlier. 
using other people's money to make money. So when you use a debit card, you're immediately using tapping into your resources. <clears throat> and your availability, your amount of resources is only, about, is, only, is only the amount of money that you have in the bank. While if you have a credit card, you can have a, a, probably a deeper, a deeper line of access to monies. You have 30 days in which to pay it back. And doing such things when you use a credit card, you're building relationships. You're not only, you're not only helping improve your credit score, <clears throat> you also could be earning rewards, points. Like for example, Jeff and I will tell you, we travel mostly on the points that we earn by using our credit card. You know, you get discounts to goods and services. You become part of this fraternity that gives you discounted access to things. Like when I travel, the American Express, I don't know if you know, they have a lot of airport lounges at multiple airports. And to, to get into the lounge, you, have to, you basically have to have an American Express platinum card. So everybody that's, and when you get into the lounge, it's free drinks, it's free food. Um, it's, it's very comfortable, comfortable. And everybody that's in that lounge is only in there because of one thing, because they have a credit, American Express platinum credit card. No other reason. While those that don't have it have to buy the expensive airport food. <clears throat> and I, myself, when I travel, I get to the airport extra early just to hang out on the lounge to get, to make sure I eat, especially if my kids are with me, we are eating They are conditioned to know we only eat in the lounge. So there you go. when you have a debit card, you don't have that access. Having good credit it gives you access to a lot of benefits and a lot of people wanting your business. A lot of like getting a mortgage a lot easier, you know, getting good access to goods and services, getting discounts. Um, so if you're only thinking of yourself as using a cash and only carry, when you're say you're only using your debit card, you're basically just doing cash and carry. And you've limited yourself to so many opportunities down the road because you're not building your credit. So my personal opinion, and I think a lot, those that have a wealth mindset will tell you credit. I mean, you even see the, if you go into Elon Musk's wallet right now, or Jeff Bezos wallet or Warren Buffett's or Jay-Z's wallet right now, I guarantee you, you're just going to see a credit card. You're not going to see a ton of money. You're not, they're going to probably have very little money or no money carrying and they're just going to have a card that they're going to use to put all their purchases on. And every month they pay it off in full. Hey, I want to add something, Sean. Um, like there are plus and minuses to both cards. All right. Um, one of the things is you guys are still young and many of your ways and habits haven't been fully developed yet when it comes to money. That's why you're in this class to help formulate better habits. One of the habits you want to formulate is paying back whatever you charge. If you're having an issue with that, stick with the debit card until you formulate the right habits. Get a credit card, maybe get several credit cards, put them on hold until you're able to be responsible enough to pay them because they're sneaky little things that can add up with interest and so forth. The goal that we want to help you do is to maximize the benefit of the cards when things occur. And one of the maximized benefits is that if you lose your wallet, okay, and someone finds your credit card, they can charge us up to, you know, a certain amount. And then you call up and say, I lost my card. You're not liable for it. Now, you may not be liable with the debit either, but you got to jump through so many hoops to get your money back that you will regret losing your wallet with your debit card in it. So the point I'm making out now is that the benefits of a credit card will always outweigh the benefits of a debit, provided the responsibility of using that card in a reasonable way is afforded you. Anything other than that, you can find yourself in, um, you know, with fees that you do not want. I haven't paid fees in, I, have, I don't think I've paid a credit card fee uh, in maybe like, I don't know, maybe like um, like 15 years, I haven't paid a credit card fee. So oh, I don't yeah. know what a fee looks like when, on my credit score or on my credit. I've Just never, pay. I don't pay fees at all. I avoid it like the plague. I think Just, that's like what you're saying and um, Shahadi put it in the, in the chat as well. Like 
you have to be responsible enough to pay that back if you're using the credit card. Like, you know, you guys are talking about you're building a good habit now. So. Absolutely. And just to get back, just to add to what Rachel saying and Jeff, you know, I don't want to overlook or downplay the part of credit being responsible. And to what Jeff said, if you know you're not responsible, then the, maybe the, the, the function of a credit card may not be right for you, but there are other alternatives that can still help you with your credit. And those are more like um, prepaid credit cards where you put a certain amount on and you use it as a credit card. But you have to get to the point of responsibility. You know, obtaining credit, obtaining wealth, becoming wealthy and living the life you want to live comes with responsibility. So I'm not going to give you the scapegoat and say, oh, just live off debit cards if you're not responsible because you need to get mature and become responsible. But if you're not there yet, there are safeguards that you can put in like a prepaid credit card, which will give you the opportunity to, to build your credit and reduce the risk of exposure. And then I want to add to what Jeff was saying with regard to security. Credit cards provide so much security compared to a debit card. And I gave you a perfect example that just happened to me recently. I have a property and I went online to pay my water bill. And I, I did it directly for my debit card to come off. And instead of paying $500 for my water bill, I inadvertently put 5000 And the money came out of my account right away. And I went through, I'm still going through hoops and hurdles trying to get back the credit of the, the 5000 versus the $500 that was only due for the water bill. Had I put that on my credit card, it would have been a one, two, three. I would have called my credit card company. I said, this, this transaction was done in error. Please cancel it. They wouldn't have let it go through. The, the water company would have seen that they didn't get the credit card transaction to go through. And I would have just repaid it the right amount of the $500 versus the $5,000. So there is a huge layer of security because once something leaves your account with a debit card, it's very hard to get it back into your account. Um, let's go through some of these other points on credit card versus debit card. Can I just highlight the question Akeem put in there? Absolutely. In the chat, it says, so if I have a credit card, I don't have to constantly be using it. Sorry, something, I'm not hearing you too well. Where's Mauricio? Sorry, I think somebody else is on there. <clears throat> it's in the chat. It says, so, so if I have an free card, I don't have to constantly be using that card. Um, I wouldn't say so. So we'll talk about that later, but what determines your credit score? We're going to get further into that on the next couple of slides, but there's, there's the algorithm to it is not as simple as that. And let's talk about it as we go down to the next couple of slides so we don't jump ahead too much. Is that okay, Rachel? But we need to go back. I just want to finish out the slide before. Sorry. I have to go all the way. Oh. Okay. I'll do that. Yeah, that's small. Right there, right there. Okay, perfect. Oh my god. Okay, we go. I'm gonna go through this real quick. When do you have to repay the money you spend? Um, with credit card, the money must be paid back monthly. You can either repay the full balance or make a minimum payment. Oh, remember in December? Excuse me. So, but with the T, if you do not pay your credit card in full, they have a thing that we call, like Jeff mentioned, interest and fees. So we recommend, you know, this is only spending what you can afford. You want to always attempt to pay back everything in full. And this is, comes back to budgeting and being responsible, knowing what to put on your card and knowing not to put an amount, spend more than you can afford to pay off in the next month. Um, with a debit card, there's no payment required because the money is coming directly from your checking or savings account. Um, so there's, there's nothing of, the, of that sort as far as when you need to pay it back because instantly the money will leave your account. What happens if you can't make your monthly payment? Once I just, I just, like I just said earlier, you're going to be paying late fees, penalties, damages to credit scores, and possibly lawsuits if you decide to forego it and not pay anything at all. Once again, with a debit card, you can only spend the money in your account. I know it looks favorable right now, debit card, debit card, but like I was saying earlier, it, it eliminates you from being part of a group that will allow you access to goods and services, allow you discounts, allow you to grow your net worth. Um, are there any extra fees? Many cards have no fees. And I suggest for you young people to find a card with no fee, get a card that offers um, what we call cash back, meaning that for every dollar you spend, they'll give you a certain percentage back at, in real cash. Um, debit cards, there are no annual fees because Really, a debit card, the tool of it is just a card that you walk around that gives you access to your money. 
Um, most credit cards, you require a signature. Some of them you can put in a PIN. Um, debit cards is always more than likely that you have a, a PIN number to access your money. There's a credit card provides you with cash. There's a thing that they call cash advances, but we are, that is a huge no-no if you can avoid it because it, they charge exorbitant fees. Um, it's really like loan shark rates and you know, it shows a sign of desperation that actually lowers your credit score if you do something of what cash advance. And we'll talk about that more as well. Um, debit card, sure, go ahead. You can withdraw cash from your ATM or your bank um, using your debit card. You get any rewards for spending. In both scenarios, you, you do get rewards depending on some depending on which debit card you have, you can get rewards for money you spend, similar to what they would provide for a credit card. Um, a reason why I'm more um, in line to go with a credit card to get rewards, because usually rewards are much better um, and you can do more with them. Does it impact your credit score? Debit cards do not do anything to your credit score. Um, however, credit card helps your credit score if you pay on time and will lower your credit score if you do not pay on time or if you miss payments. Because you miss a payment this month, you try to double it up the following month, does not make go, your score go back. Every missed payment counts as a missed payment regardless of what you do in the up, upcoming months. Um, what does it help you to do? Um, it helps you establishing credit score. Paying on time is key to prevent any negative impact. Once again, very simple. If you don't leave with anything from this course, leave with the fact that when I get a credit card, I am going to pay on time. I'm not going to miss any payments. I'm going to pay on time. And eventually you will become Mr. or Mrs. 850. If you just do that over time, you will become Mr. or Mrs. 850. Um, You've also got a question in the chat about a, um, a Discover card. Yeah, it looks like a student credit card. Okay. Discover card. Yes, I'm going to click on that link. I think Discover cards are, depending on which card, but they are a great student card. Capital One also offers great student cards. You want to look at cards, like I said earlier, that, um, that give you discounts as a student, that charge no annual fee, that give you cash back when you spend. Those are the cards that you're, I think that you should be looking for and my humble opinion. And as you get older, then you want to, then you can then go into the rewards, the travel rewards, the, the reward discount on items and goods and services and the hotels and all that kind of stuff. But as a young person going in school, you want to be able to save, find any which way to save as much money as you can and spend as little as you can. What happens if your credit card is stolen or lost is what we talked about security before you have a minimal liability when your credit card is stolen or lost and especially like most cards, you can get alerts as something is purchased on your card right away up to $5. You'll get a text message saying, Hey, there was a purchase on your card. Is this you? And you can say yes or no. So this is really, and as they get the years go on and on, it gets so much better with security and fraud that it's hard for somebody to obtain your credit card and run it out because you'll have a lot of alerts. See, they'll probably, and they, and they even know through like, you know, um, they track where you spend. So if they see that you've been spending, you know, a lot of, you've been doing all your spending in Brooklyn. And then all of a sudden these charges come up from Mexico. They'll, they, the charge will probably decline because it doesn't fit your pattern of spending. So you kind of have like a big brother looking over you to make sure that you're being protected while a debit card, it's not as protected because it's really just accessing your own money. And if you do, and if there are fraudulent charges, they may not pick it up as fast as they would on a credit card. At the end of the day, it's your money on a debit card right away, while a credit card, it's their money they're putting up for you. So they're more protective of that. Um, does anybody have any questions so far? All right, let's go to the next slide. Um, Jeff, I'll let you leave with this one if you want. Okay, how to open up a bank account. So um, I would gather to say most of you already have a bank account. If that's so, put a one in the uh, chat. And um, so what are your thoughts about banking and how do you see yourself using banks today and in the future? All right, so these are the questions you have to 
understand and or just try to figure out what is the purpose of the bank and you know other than giving you lousy um interest rates um what is the purpose of a bank account whether it's a checking or a saving or a money market account okay could anybody answer what is the purpose of the bank just give me a random thought doesn't have to you know just anything to hold your money right it's a, it's a holding area I said savings. Right, savings. Um, unfortunately, um, yeah, it, it's a place where people save or hold their money. And um, what a bank will do is you'll, you'll open up the account. It's a starting point. And once you have the account opened and now you have a credit card that may be affiliated with that bank, it's easier to open a, a credit card with that bank because they want to have you locked into additional accounts, okay? Not just a savings or a checking. They'll try to offer you a credit card with it. You know, your, your goal is to utilize the bank to first hold your money before you, as you learn how to invest it. But the bank is the first stop. We have to utilize banks. Unfortunately, a lot of us utilize credit um, cashing places and we're not, we don't have bank accounts and you can have online bank accounts. You can have, you know, bank accounts in the community there. There's no reason not to have a basic bank account. That's that doesn't have fees associated with it, that you can start uh, saving your money. So like what bank is the best? Well, there's no best bank. It's like, what are you using your, your money for? Uh, you have the big banks, they call them. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Like the mega banks, like the Wells Fargo's, the Chase's, the Citibank's, the Bank of America. Then you have smaller community banks. And so community banks may make it easier for you to open up an account TD Bank wants to be like the best community bank right now. So they, they offer hours that are more reasonable. They're open seven days a week. So they're trying to make themselves more of like a community bank and so forth. So, you know, you look at what bank will afford you the things you need. And they pretty much are all giving you um, less than the 1% uh, in interest. So that's the problem. You, your money is really there just to be held until you understand how to invest it and put it somewhere where it's going to make money for you. So there's nothing wrong with having a bank account. You need to have one to pay your bills, okay? And you need to start having that to have a record of, um, of being associated with a bank when you start moving down the road for loans. So they want to see how you've been managing your money and if you don't have a bank account, 
then they'll like say, well, where did you put the money that you made? And there's no record. So it's a form of record keeping for the system so they can see where you accumulated the money and how you utilized it through your checking account and also your savings account if you held it for investment. All right, John. Let me, let me just go high level too so you, everybody understands. Let me not shy away from the fact that the bank is a business. Understand it. It's a business. But you can work the bank to your advantage. Exactly. You know, the banks, their goal is to take deposits, meaning take your money, my money, everybody's money, and they lend it out to somebody else. So they'll take your money and give you, like Jeff just mentioned, 1% interest on your money, meaning that for every $100 you put in, they'll give you maybe a dollar. I don't even think it's that high anymore, but we'll just use that for argument's sake. And then they'll lend it out for a car loan at 5%. So the difference between the 5% and 1% is this, what we call a spread, and that's their profit. They're just taking money from the community, consolidating it all together into one big pool of money and lending it out, lending it out in the form of car notes, mortgages, you know, personal loans, credit cards, those type of things. But, you know, you have to, you know, like Jeff was saying earlier, Mr. 850, that, you know, banking, having a bank account is, is mandatory. No excuse, no option. You, you cannot grow on the fact of like using the cash, cash, check cashing places and all those things to conduct your business. You have to establish a bank account. It's one of the most one questions that everybody asks you when you want to apply for a loan, you want to apply for a credit card, when you want to apply for a mortgage, you know, ev- almost everything you do, you, they ask, can you please provide your banking information? And do you see that question in there? It says, um, but the banks charge you to hold the money. Yes, some may charge you, but you have to you have to be savvy enough to know that there's multiple banks that you can sign up with and some will not charge you a fee. You know, I myself sometimes I've had accounts where they charge me a fee and I'll get on the phone or I'll argue and I'll or I'll find an account where there is no fee. And there's some fees and I'm not going to tell you in every scenario that paying a fee is a bad thing because there's some certain advantages depending on the product on the bank and what you're looking to do where a fee may be worth it, but you have to like, you know, make that decision and and weigh the options. But a lot of people think, and I'll say, you know, that once you sign up with a bank that you're married to that bank. And I always use the term as like Jeff shaking his head. You're never married to a bank. You're simply dating a bank. Exactly. You find that that relationship is no longer in your favor. Then you have the right to go elsewhere because at the end of the day, Banks want you to open accounts by them, especially if you're responsible, because their job is to get people to open up accounts and take their deposits and use it for other reasons, use it to lend. Um, and Sean, when you, when, when, when you young people look at the internet, you have answers at the tip of your fingers. You just got to put it in your computer or in your phone or say, hey, Alexa, you know, what's the cheapest bank or what bank has no fee? And bingo, yeah, you have an answer. There's no like, Oh man, I didn't know. No, you asked the right question and bingo, you now you know there's three banks that, that don't charge a fee. You know, I don't have to have a minimum amount in my account. I'm just starting out. I want to save every dime I can. And fees, you know, will eat out at your at your account. But you know, like he said, John said, you know, there are some accounts that will offer certain advantages as you grow. You may have a business, you may have certain things that you don't mind paying the fee because the bank is offering you other items. They may give you, uh, while you have a business, transactions uh, or different types of um, transfers that cost a lot, but you know, you're doing this every month that makes it uh, feasible to pay the fee. So every situation is different. When you're young, avoid all fees at all cost. Correct, well said. Um, let's go to the next slide. Um, how to open up a bank account. Like we were saying, uh, pick your bank. And you have, you know, I personally recommend sticking with the larger banks for the simple fact that um, I think as a young person, you want to just have greater access. You know, and as far as ATMs, the bigger banks have ATMs all over the place. And I'm not a fan of using ATMs outside of the bank that I bank at because they charge exorbitant fees. 
So I think accessibility should be one of your things you should be looking at. How easy is it to access the bank that I'm choosing? Um, where, are they, where are the locations? You know, what are the fees like? I mean, I would really take a picture of this, this slide and keep it around when you're looking to open up your, your account. Um, just for a question, how many people have bank accounts right now? And if they do, they don't mind saying where their bank is. Can you guys say it? Anybody? Capital Chase, One, Chase, Chase Capital One, Chase. got it. Oh, wonderful. And Khaled, what is your thoughts on Capital One? You want to speak it or you want to? What are your thoughts on Capital One? You put in the chat, it's pretty decent. Okay, and MCU. MCU is a credit union. So what is your, sh sh Shahida, Shahida, did I say it correctly? Uh, what are your thoughts on it, um, using a credit union versus a bank? Let's see you put in the chat, it's all me can't complain. Right. I didn't know if you wanted to unmute and say anything, but. And I would say so as well. Like you know, at, at, at the, the credit union, credit union versus banks. You know, some I would say obtaining loans and and auto loans and personal loans may be a little bit less complex with a credit union versus a bank. But for general banking, credit unions fare well against banks. The only thing I would say is access. You don't want to find a bank where you know you're. And in, and I think in your world now, we're we're, we're moving. We're in a cashless society. You probably may not be using ATM as ATM as much as I used to use it in the past, and so. Even access to ATMs may not be something that you would have to consider because you may be always using, like I know my son, he, I don't think he uses, I don't think he'll grow up using an ATM. He uses his, he does Apple Pay and uses his, his banking card and credit card that he has everywhere he goes and he's 17. Um, choose your account type. Two common options for banks are checking and savings. Now the basic principle in the past was that savings offers you a little bit higher interest rate versus checking versus a checking account. But I think in these times, the interest, rate, interest rates are so low that it really does not make that much of a difference having a savings or checking account. And I'd more advocate for you to get a checking account because it allows you to pay checks, pay usually you and use your debit card. There's not a fee charge. Sometimes I know there's some banks that if you're using your debit card directly from your savings card, you may be charged per transaction. So I would say for the most part, you wanna start off with a checking account. Then you can set up your cell phone payments, your utility payments, all through your checking account. Um, shop around, like I said, you know, compare different banks and decide which one more fits your specific needs. Apply. You can apply online. You can apply directly going into your local branch. And I would say build the relationship as early and as young as possible. Rachel, are you still there? Sorry. Yep, I'm here. We're going to go to the, the next, next slide. slide. Yes, please. Things, things to consider when opening up a bank. I'm going to open up a bank account, sorry. What kind of accounts are offered? Do they offer products, service, credit cards, loans, et cetera? Do your bank offers convenient ATM bank? These are the things we mentioned before. Um, look at the monthly fees. Look at overdraft fees, money transfer fees, different types of fees that you want to think that you know that may apply to you and what they are and compare them to other banks. Um, these are some highlights of why you should choose a checking account for paying your bills, for writing checks, for purchasing things on your debit card. Um, for look, Make sure you find out what the minimum balance is before you get charged a fee and know that, hey, maybe I can maintain that minimum balance obtained to get so I'm not charged any type of fees. Um, Saving, um, it's a good way to separate your, your monies, which I would then recommend a savings account. If you're using your checking account just to pay bills and you want to use your savings account to quote unquote save, it's a good way for you to like just put money in a separate account where you say, I do not touch this money or this money is the money that I'm saving versus what I'm using to pay my monthly bills. 
um, and will ideally look for one with no monthly fees. And that offers, you know, the best interest rate as possible, which in these times are very low. Um, next slide. That's it for class. Let's go to class two now, Rachel. Were you able to download it? Beautiful. Let's scroll a little. How much time do we have? 10 more minutes is good. We have to 5.15 or 5.30. I think it's 5.15. I think it's 5.15 also. Sorry, I couldn't unmute. Okay, so we have about 10 minutes. Does anybody have any questions or anything so far? I know it's a lot to cover. Hopefully I wasn't going too fast. Let's go down a little. Uh, go down. That's Jesus. Yeah, so I just want to add what Sean is saying about the bank accounts in, in, in this in your in your life, you're gonna look at different things you're gonna be experiencing and getting good at. Getting good at handling money. You can't lose. Getting good at spending less. You can't lose. It's all up uphill uh, situation. It's all pluses, no minuses to learning how to spend your money wisely and not waste it. Plus, you, you know, it adds to your happiness. It adds to your psychological wellness. It's so many benefits besides the money itself that you save. Um, learning how to bank, learning how to utilize your credit. So this class is helping you, not just from the wallet standpoint, but from when people look to you, whether you grow as a, a couple in a, a, and have a family or you stay single, it's always a plus to understand the proper utilization of the system, whether it's banking or credit cards. Go ahead. Uh, I got it. the other one. You got it? Yes. Yes, you got it. Okay, so let's, let's understand now, let's get into more specifics, the difference between credit scores. Is that, is that the first slide there, Rachel, or is there a slide prior to that? Hold on, sorry, there are just too many things open. Yeah, that was the first slide. Okay. I'm just going back to share again, sorry. Can you see that? Yeah. Okay. I think there's one prior. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I, you're looking at the same one that I sent you. Because there's credit. What I'm looking at sent. It goes down to cre credit bureau. The one I'm looking at is credit bureaus versus credit scores. That's, that's not. Let me resend this to you. All right, just share the file with you. I'm the co-host now, so I can share my screen. Can I share my screen? I've been on mute. I didn't know that. Yeah, you should be able to uh, share your screen. Okay. But I am opening the thing you sent me. Um, oh, you are? Okay, so go ahead. Sorry, it's giving, this is my, something's wrong with my Dropbox. Does everybody see my screen? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay, so credit bureaus versus credit score. Let me try to make this a little bigger. And... Uh, I can't, but anyhow. It got bigger. Okay, credit bureau versus credit score. 
a credit bureau creates credit reports. There are three main credit bureaus that, you, that are, are in the United States, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. Okay. They provide details of your financial history. They don't, they're not scoring. They're not grading. All they're doing, the credit bureau is basically grab, gathering information. They're keeping record. They're just record keepers. They, and they, and they gather, they pull their information by wherever you could possibly put your tax ID, your social security number. So if your brother asks you to co-sign a loan with you and you have to give your tax ID, if he misses or she misses payments, that will if that will come down, that will go down and be reported to these credit bureaus. And these credit bureaus are independent of each other, meaning Equifax, let's call it McDonald's, TransUnion, let's call it Burger King, and Experience, let's call it Wendy's. Meaning they don't work together, but they do, they have the same purpose of making burgers and then the same purpose of collecting your financial history. And this is just like I talked about with the scenario I gave with. Um, me borrowing $10 from, from Dwayne and then asking Rachel to borrow $20, it'll be, that would be recorded. And you'd be able to see from these bureaus that, hey, Sean borrowed $10 from, from Dwayne and now wants to borrow $20 from Rachel. What should I lend the money? And this is what it's doing. It's recording all the transactions. You do every, this is why we say how important it is to pay on time because every mispayment that you make gets reported to one of these three, to all three of these um, credit bureaus. Every payment you paid on time as well gets recorded. Every mispayment, everything that you had to write off, every, the good, the bad, and the ugly get reported in your credit bureau, in your credit report. This is why when people say, hey, I can fix your credit. I can get rid of this and that. You cannot really remove something that's negative. You can remove something that's negative that's not true, that was put in there incorrectly, but something that's negative that is true will remain on your credit report for a number of years. Now, credit score is just a mathematical summation of your credit report. And really what it does, it just summarizes everything that happened in your credit report in a number. And the reason why it does that, because lenders, banks, and everything like that may not to really, um, to get a quick snapshot of what, how good your credit is, they can look at your score. And they can say, okay, this person has an 800 credit score, meaning that they've most likely paid on time. They have a great relationship with the bank. And if they can, if they want to dig deeper into it, they then would look at the individual report itself. But it's you're going to compare it exactly to your, you know, your report card. You know, if you have an A in math and a B in English, you wonder like, how did you get this A in math? We can look at all of your tests that you did, the teacher's comments to see how it derived as an A, and that your score is the A. But the, the details of that is what we would call your credit report. Am I making sense? Uh, Sean, I want to give a quick time check. All right, sure. we got about two minutes left. Two minutes, yes. Okay. Does anybody have any questions so far? Does anybody, everybody understand the difference between the report and the score? The lowest credit score you can have is 300. I've never seen it. I think if you ever made every credit mistake in your life, I don't think you'd ever get a 300 credit score, to be quite honest with you. And the highest you can obtain is what we call Mr. 850. And now everybody was asking before, I think their questions are, if you do X, Y, Z, can you get an 850 score? Well, your FICO score is called the Fair Isaac and Company score. It's a company in itself. And this is a for-profit company that makes money by selling data. It collects, it, it determines your score by an algorithm that is used since 1956. And then they sell that score to your credit bureau. They sell it to you if you want to buy it. So they do not tell you the exact formula to their sauce, to their algorithm. But they'll tell you things that can improve your score, things that can decrease your score, such as paying on time will increase your score. Can Jeff and I tell you exactly how much your score will go up if you pay on time for the next six months? No, but we can tell you that it will increase your score. And we can tell you that if you don't make payments, it's going to decrease your score. So... The amount that it'll go up and down, it depends. And to get an 850 credit score, score and to increase your credit score, it, the, one of the most important things as far as paying on time, it's also your credit history. Just because you made two credit card payments doesn't mean you're going to jump to an 850 score. You have to show continuous payments, continuous payments on time. And then you'll, your score will gradually go up. So it's not like something that's going to happen overnight where you're going to have excellent credit. But over time where you have showed that you've continued to do the right things, 
your credit score will go up because your borough is going to report good payments, good standing, and that will increase your score. And some lending institutions have their own scoring mechanism as well. Um, but in most cases, everybody looks at what your FICO score is and what's reported with, within Equifax TransUnion experience. Any questions? I know today was very technical, but it's really important stuff. And the takeaways would be, is really maybe taking a snapshot of this, understanding the difference between credit bureau and credit score, understanding the importance of paying on time, understanding the importance of credit and what it does as far as having you know, a, a no interest potential loan within 30 days and how powerful that tool is, understanding the difference between teb debits and credit cards. Those are the things you should take away and leave. And if something's not registering with you, please bring it to my, you can send it to Rachel offline and she can forward it to me and I can reply to you before class or we can speak even during or after class. And Sean, I wanna add quickly, um, in five to 10 years, many of you would have a score that's close to eight. So if you're over seven, seven eighty, you're gonna get the same benefits I receive. So you can look at a 780 as almost considered a perfect score as far as the banks are concerned, because they are giving you the same um, benefits that I'm getting. All right, I just got, you know, I just got the looks of the people's face to look at when they, when they look at the, the score and they go, oh wow, it's uh, 850 and they don't want me to leave. They want to finish the transaction. So you can all have the benefit because that's the name of the game. Can I get the benefit of a perfect score, which is a 780? That's all. And just lastly, the factors when we talk about determining your credit score, um, payment history, how well you pay on time is 30% um, determining, 35% determining your credit score. That's a huge part, paying on time. How much you owe is another 30%. Your length of credit history is another 10%. Sorry, sorry, it's another 15%. Your credit mix, and we'll get into the next class, the number of cards, different types of lending tools that you have is 10%, and your recent inquiries. All right? So I'm gonna leave it at that. Unless there's any more questions, I once again thank you all for being part of today's class. This is more, like I said, the more detailed part of it, the more, uh, you know, but it is a foundation to obtaining wealth and living the life that you choose to live. Thank you for that heart, Rachel, I needed it. <laughs> Thanks guys. All right, all right. thank you everyone thank for you coming God. in. I appreciate, I appreciate this conversation. Oh, thank you, thank man. You I hope I wasn't much. rambling on too much, but I, I really- No, you did, you did fine. You did fine. And I just want to appreciate everyone who's learning, soaking this stuff up. But you don't know just how useful this is going to be for you in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll see you guys again on Monday. Please come Monday. Oh, yeah. He's coming, baby. All right, y'all. Rachel, I'm going to give you a quick call. After. I'm going to give you a quick call after, all right? Yes. Yep, no problem. All right. All right. All right. Over now. I got a question. Okay, what's your question? Um, where would I be able to see the homework or the assignments for this? Which school are you from? Brooklyn Frontiers. Um, Nigel's going to send you something. You In my email? Yeah, I just was texting with him. So I'm going to send him the recording from today and he's going to send something to you. Okay. I have the same question as well. Where are you from? Brooklyn Frontiers as well. Yep, it's Nigel. Talk to Nigel. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, you have, I have a good the same one. question too. Where are you from? Are you from Frontiers as well? No, nah, South Brooklyn. You're from South Brooklyn. That's you, Akeem? Yeah, that's me. Um, I'll get the assignment from Nigel, and I know Naomi's out on maternity leave, so I'll follow up with Nikisha. All right, thank you. Okay, and Akeem, you can reach out to Nikisha, and my name's Rachel. You can always say, hey, Rachel told me she'll get me the assignment, so. All right, I will. Okay. All right, everyone. I'll see you on Monday. Yes. See you guys Monday.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.